Oh, where is it? Do I have my top slide? Anyhow, I named my sermon Too Fast, Too Furious. Because <laughs> that's about how fast I'm going to have to speak now. Um, so I'm really excited about that. This is going to be good. How many remember in 2010, uh, Toyota had a massive recall of vehicles. I don't know if any remembers that news item. In 2010, they had a massive recall. Uh, people were phoning 911, and they were saying, our accelerator is stuck to the floor and our brakes don't work. What can we do? Some of those people, that was the last call they ever made. And uh, Toyota had this massive PR problem on their hands, and uh, they, they, you know, they blamed the floor mats, and they, and they did, you know, told people to take the floor mats out of your Toyota, put them in the trunk, and, but still they had people with floor mats in their trunks ending up in lakes. And uh, it was a pretty terrible thing, and uh, finally Toyota had to uh, recall over 6 million cars and to fix accelerators and to fix different parts on them. And um, yeah, it, was, uh, it cost them billions and billions of dollars. Of course, the worst thing was the fact that several people had died because of this, this defect, these, ex- these accelerators that were stuck. You know, that's not just a problem it's not just a problem that cars have. People sometimes get their accelerators stuck. And the answer to stuck accelerators is you have to return to the factory. You have to have a factory recall. <laughs> come back to the ones who created you, or come back to the one who created you. Come apart from the hurry of life before you fly apart. And God calls us to set aside time for him in our lives for that, uh, that work that, he, that only he can do in our lives. And I want to give you just three tips today. Three tips for the kind of calendar that leads to a healthy soul. Three tips for the kind of calendar. Man, I've been all about the calendar ever since I got back from uh, in March. I, I, because I just realized how important it is to, to make my calendar count. And so I've got just three really quick tips for you here. The first one is to, you need to divert daily. You need to divert daily in your calendar. Um, do you know why it's so easy to skip this? You know, I've been talking about that a couple weeks ago. If you want to go back to a couple podcasts, the very first uh, message that I gave when I came back, I think it was February 23rd, I talked about uh, living with a healthy soul. And two weeks ago, I talked about finding your chair, finding that place in, uh, in your life where you can regularly meet with God. Um, so you can go back and listen to those podcasts if you want more on this topic. But do you know why it's so easy to skip this? I, I think there's lots of reasons, but let me give you two. Is one, we, we, tend to make it, um, we tend to make it too complicated. I think sometimes we feel like we, we, we need to have this really big, complicated system of connecting with God. And I want to tell you, I think it's, it should be a lot easier than sometimes we make it. So, for example, um, just grabbing a Bible and flipping into the middle and reading a psalm and just thinking about it and talking back to God because you've already got somebody praying and it gives you clues on how to pray when you hear other person because psalms are all a bunch of prayers or psalms or songs, really. People expressing themselves to God. So if you've got that already as an example, it's really easy for you to just follow along and go, wow, just like David cried out in his desperation, just like this person who wrote this psalm uh, said this to God, you can just get started. So sometimes we make it so complicated. Let me give you five psalms in case you, you want to go through psalms this week. Psalm 1 is excellent. They're all excellent, but let me give you five that are really easily accessible. Psalm 1, uh, 
Psalm 19, Psalm 23, you know that one, the Lord is my shepherd. Psalm 42, Psalm 121, those are all great. You know what, we've gone through all of, or we are, have gone through and are going through all of these psalms with our staff. Just reading them and then just listening. God, what do you want to say to us? Let me give you another reason why it's hard uh, to make this daily habit of meeting with God happen. Um, I, at my mom's 80th birthday party around Christmas time this year, um, we were just sort of quizzing her about growing up years, and she raised seven kids. And, and uh, my, my one and only sister, she asked the question of my mom. She said, how did you, how did you persevere through all those agonizing hours of trying to get us to memorize scripture? Because we did, as kids, go through these, like, fighting tooth and nail, complaining, crying uh, experiences of my mom enforcing seven children who did not want to memorize scripture to actually learn scripture. And so the question my sister has, how did you do it? How did you possibly persevere through all that? And my mom just said simply, oh, well, I expected it to be a spiritual battle. So do we have that same expectation when it comes to our daily connection with God? Do we expect it to be a spiritual battle? Do we expect all hell to array itself in every devious trick to stop us from actually succeeding? If we don't, we might be just chalking it all up to, oh, I'm lazy or I didn't get this done or whatever. There's real genuine opposition against us connecting with God daily. And so when we see scriptures like make every effort from Hebrews to enter into his rest, it reminds us that this is a battle. When Hebrews 12:4 says, in your struggle against sin, you've not yet resisted to the point of shedding your blood, you realize, wow, this is a battle. You want to divert daily? Don't make it complicated. But remember, you're in a spiritual battle and you're in a fight against sin. Number two, divert daily. Withdraw weekly. Withdraw weekly. That's what we're doing right now, by the way. We're withdrawing weekly. But I want to talk about the concept of Sabbath. Okay, the, the Old Testament, the Israelites, they were in, uh, not encouraged. They were commanded to keep the Sabbath. Uh, to keep the one day of the week holy and, and set apart for the Lord. And... Um, but I think Sabbath sometimes gets confusing. What, what exactly is a Sabbath nowadays? And what, what is it? How do we celebrate that? And, you know, and life isn't as regimented as maybe the Israelites had, where everybody, the whole nation, stopped on the same day. Some of you work shift work. Some of you, you, you know, some people aren't here hearing this message today because they're working. How do they have a Sabbath? Is it Sunday? Is it Saturday? When is it? Um, I don't think you can... I don't think you want to have a legalistic Sabbath. I don't think you want to have a Sabbath where it's just, it has to be exactly this, and it can't be anything else but this. I sometimes ran into that when I was a kid. I remember I'd always go out, often go out on Sunday in the side yard and, and play soccer with my siblings, because uh, I had five brothers. And um, my grandpa always disapproved. He lived next door. <laughs> he thought something unsacred was happening on that soccer field. <laughs> and uh, still to this day, I mean, I have high respect for my grandpa as a man of God and stuff like that. But I kept thinking, I think this is a holdover, some sort of legalistic tradition. 
These guys are saying, grab the white mic. Yeah, my ear is almost bent right out of shape. So. <laughs> Thank you, guys. We don't want to, I don't think we want to have a legalistic Sabbath, um, but I think that there, they, we can go swing the other way, too. Um, a legalistic Sabbath would be like, it's all super regimented. It's all a list of what you can't do. You can only read the Bible and pray in these next 24 hours. And that's it, you know, nothing else. And I don't think too many people subscribe to that nowadays, but it is a temptation to sort of set very clear rules. Now, not against setting rules. I know lots of families where they have no screen time on Sunday because they say, you know, we want this to be a healthier day, a better day. I think those are great to make family rules. But avoiding, it, it's not only a day of prayer. It can be other things totally think it's okay to watch a hockey game on a Sunday. I think it's okay. I don't think the lightning's coming for you. On the flip side, sometimes we have, we don't even call it a Sabbath. We just say it's our day off, and we have what is the equivalent of a junk food Sabbath, right, where everything we do through the whole day is not truly fueling your soul, and at the end of it, you know that. I had one last Monday. Last Monday, I, so Good Friday and Easter Sunday, I was busy the, pretty much the whole weekend, and then Monday, I just crashed and vegetated the whole day. And when it was all said and done, I felt not as good as I could have. You know, there's just something about when you, you don't do those things that you know will refuel you, and instead you just go to the lowest common denominator that you don't quite feel as good. And I just realized that about my day. So there's this balance of pray and play and... They both come into a Sabbath. So pray and play, and I would say, ask yourself the question, do you know what fuels you? Do you know what, what really uh, makes you come alive? And not just come alive physically, but come alive spiritually as well. Figure those things out. I've been trying to figure them out for years, and I've got lots of clues, and I know some things that don't work, and I know some things that do work, and I think in the next 10 years I'll learn some more. But start playing towards the things that fuel you. So divert daily, withdraw weekly. Again, what we're doing right now, do you have it in your calendar? Is it in your calendar to be here? If you came to me this morning and said, man, that was awesome. Some of the stories that I heard this morning about Kettleston, that was awesome, the worship, and this was really good. And, and uh, man, I almost didn't come today. But that might be a moment to sort of stop and say, why? Isn't it in your calendar? It should be. You want to live a healthy life for God? This should be in your calendar. Tammy, I love this, how you, you helped us to see the huge respect you have for Jerry and the fact that he kept getting ready and coming here when it was hard. That's what a man does. Right? I think that was a moment for all of us. Right? Just went, oh, that was hard? Jerry, thanks for setting the example for us. Thanks for modeling it for us. Because we need those examples. We need those people who, in a day and age where it's easy to be like, oh, I'm just going to go to whatever my heart feels or my, you know, my thirsts and desires are. We need people who rise above that and say, I'm going to choose healthier, I'm going to choose better, I'm going to choose godlier, and I'm going to do it. So divert daily, withdraw weekly. Let me give you the last one. Escape annually. Escape annually. Do you know how long it takes to unstick your accelerator? Do you? Have you found that out about yourself? 
Have you had some vacations that really just burned you right out instead of refreshed you? Have you gone for a vacation and then you realize it just wasn't long enough? You were just starting at the end of your vacation to start to feel semi-normal and then it was over? When I came to this church 12 years ago, one of the policies that was in place at the church was uh, with my vacations, I had to take two weeks back to back. That was a requirement of all the staff. But when you took your vacations, at least two weeks of them have to be back and back. And you know what? I, I don't really like people telling me how to do my vacations. But the wisdom behind it is a lot of people after a week, they haven't got good yet. They're just starting to, they're still fast and furious. They just did a week of vacation that looked a lot like their real work life. Overscheduled, over busy, no still places, no, you know, it wouldn't resemble Psalm 23 like the shepherd who leads you beside still waters and nice pastures and calm. No, a lot of us, our accelerator is so stuck to the floor that we do our vacations just like we do our lives and it's not refreshing. So you need to look at that pattern and try to figure out, how do I slow down? How long does it take me to slow down? And what kind of uh, vacation do I need to take? One of the issues that I've encountered a few times uh, with talking with uh, different people, I I don't know if it's as prevalent among women, I'm sure it probably is, but I, I haven't had those conversations, but with men, is sometimes we don't actually even take our vacations. The government thinks we should have three weeks And some of you get more. But lots of people carry it as a huge badge of honor that they consistently, year after year after year, don't take their vacations. And I think it's tied to the fact that we find our identity in what we do and not who we are. And so when I'm busy, when you say, Steve, how was your week? And I say busy, I feel important. And that's sick. That's not a healthy soul. A healthy soul finds its identity in relationship to the one who created it. We find a rela- so, so if you can slow down, if you can unstick that accelerator and you can find that quiet place where you can connect with God, if you make that a priority in your life and you put it into your calendar that way and you follow through, maybe, just maybe, you'll start beginning to get your identity from a better, healthier place and that's relationship with God and not... I am this, I do this, I produce this. You know, if I can just lean back into the Sabbath concept just for a second. Do you want to know the two reasons that are given in Scripture why we should keep a Sabbath? Let me read you the verses. These are in in, uh, Exodus, they have the sort of the Ten Commandments, Exodus 20. And then in Deuteronomy 5, they do them again because it's a retelling of of the law, right? And each time they give a different reason a summary reason at the end for why Sabbath is really important. Let me read you the summary reason. So it's basically, hey, keep the Sabbath. That's the command. Then Exodus 20, 11 follows it up. It says, for in six days, the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea, and all that is in them. But he rested on the seventh day. Therefore, the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. Why should we keep the Sabbath? Well, because God did. But why did God do that? Well, I kind of think he's modeling for us the rhythm of life 
that we were created for. So why do you, why do you keep the Sabbath? To live out the rhythm you're created for. You're not meant to work seven days, seven days, seven days, seven days for the rest of your life. That'll lead to a sickness in you and in your soul. Look at Deuteronomy 5, and this is verse 15. This is again, keep the Sabbath, was as said again. But now, a different follow-up comment. It says, remember that you were slaves in Egypt, and that the Lord your God brought you out of there with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm. Therefore, the Lord your God has commanded you to observe the Sabbath day. Why do we observe the Sabbath? so that we're not enslaved by our work. And I would add to that, so that you don't draw your identity from your work. Can you imagine the slaves in Egypt making brick with straw and then eventually without straw, and that's the whole terrible story. Can you imagine the two slaves talking to each other? How many bricks did you make? 15. I made 20 today. I'm five bricks worth more than you. Well, we don't say that, do we? Your worth is not tied to your production. Now, it's important to work hard. The Bible talks about that. It's important to, to, to contribute. It's, all that's good. But that's not who you are. That's just what you do. That's not who you are. Our strongest identity that we can cling to is the fact that we have the right and the privilege to become sons and daughters of God. And if we take that right and that privilege and respond to God, say yes to him, to his leadership, to his forgiveness for our selfishness and and follow him in our lives, then, oh, then we can begin to understand identity in a whole different way. At the end of your life, when you can't work anymore, Will you still have value? You bet. Absolutely. You won't have diminished one iota in value. If, you, if you're here today and you had a job last week and you lost it this week, your value is no different. Not one iota different. Because it's not from what you do that your value is derived, but it's from who you are. And so we look at our calendar and we pray and we hope that it reflects the nobility that God imparts to our lives. Not slavery. Not trying to prove ourselves or trying to develop an identity that's worthy of being accepted. Instead, we receive from God and from his hand the things that we need. Do you know that the story of Hannah, we talked about it a little bit in the baby dedication this morning, but the story of Hannah takes a very specific turn when she gets a week away, or a weekend away. Talk about escaping annually. The Israelites were meant to keep these specific feasts to the Lord. They are supposed to have these holy feasts and they would go to Jerusalem or wherever, um, maybe Shechem in different places, but they would go to these different locations. Everybody would be there. Everybody would be celebrating this special feast and, and this special uh, um, 
holy um, observance of the Lord, but also it was a family time and all those things. She took advantage of that opportunity to go to the temple of the Lord and to pour out all the sick stuff that was in her soul. She was bitter because she couldn't have kids. She was, she was just eaten up inside. And the scriptures say that she's, she's crying at the temple and the priest, who was not that great of a, he had some problems that, you know, he wasn't a great dad and he was letting his sons mishandle the nation and all sorts of things. But the priest, Eli, comes along and he says to her, you're drunk. That's basically, you can look at the text, but that's basically what he says. You're drunk, quit drinking, basically scram, lady. And she turns to him defiantly and says, I'm not, or maybe, I don't know if it's totally defiantly, but she turns to him and says, no, I'm not, I haven't been drinking. I am pouring out my soul to the Lord. When is the last time you poured out your soul to the Lord? If the accelerator's on the floor, you don't have time. You haven't made space. I implore you today to begin to, to pound into your calendar because that's what you're going to have to do. You're going to have to displace other things. You're going to have to shuffle things aside. But get into your calendar the rhythms that are going to create health inside of your soul. Because when you are able to do those things, you're able to pour out your soul to the Lord, then God is going to come in his grace and his mercy and he's going to start bringing health back to you. You're going to live in a whole new space of mind and heart. The place that you were created to live. So just a quick review. Divert daily. Withdraw weekly. Escape annually. Let's stand. And we're just going to take, yeah, worship team, come on back. We're just going to take a moment in prayer here for you to ask the Lord this question. Okay, here's the question. Because I've talked about your daily rhythm, I've talked about your weekly rhythm, your daily time with God, your weekly Sabbath, having a day that fuels you and refreshes you spiritually, and then talked about annually, making sure you, Kettleston could be a part of that. We're not here so much today to say Kettleston's got to be the only way you fill that thing in your life. But it, for some people, it was, that's working and that's happening, so it might be a great option for you. But there's lots of other ways you can do it. But you really got to answer this question. Which of these three is really sort of sticking out to you right now? Or maybe a better way is just say to Jesus directly, search my heart. See if there's any offensive way in which I've calendared my life and allowed a greater level of unhealthiness into my soul. If you're in a schedule right now and you just think, there's no way I can get out of it, it's just locked in and it's just relentless and I don't know how to uh, pull the relief valve, then maybe your prayer just needs to be, God, show me where the relief valve is. God, provide the relief valve in my life. Pour out your soul. Don't hold back from him. Lord, we stand before you today eager to have all that you want for us. 
So Lord, would you show us right now, as individuals, where you want to build greater health into our lives? Is it the daily rhythm? Is it the weekly rhythm? Is it the yearly rhythm? I pray you'd show people in the next this few moments of silence, you just show people just in a very specific way where they need to apply what we've talked about. So we wait on you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for your leadership, your guidance, the conviction of your Holy Spirit that pinpoints things in our hearts. And Lord, I pray that uh, we would make every effort to enter into your rest, to experience what you have for us, to follow you where you lead, to allow our innermost being to be transformed by you. In your name. Amen. I want to just thank you for coming today. We've gone a little bit long today and I appreciate your patience with that. Let me just say really quickly, there's prayer people who are going to be here and willing and eager to pray with you this morning. I'll stick around as well and uh, we'd all love to have a chance to pray with you if you'd like to have someone pray with you this morning. Also, stay for the lunch, if you, uh, and you're welcome to donate towards Kettleston's uh, financial needs at the lunch, and, uh, but please stay for the lunch, and uh, please don't forget to pick up your kids before you go home. <laughs> They're precious cargo, so make sure you <laughs> take home the exact same number you came with. All right, so God bless you, have an awesome week, and thank you for coming, and we'll turn things over to the worship team who's going to lead us.